Well, let me tell you a little something about me. When it's Saturday night, I need to blow off some steam. One, two, three, four! Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. We're on the equipment talk from IRAE. And uh, we have a special guest in here today, and it is Colonel Nick Caspers. Colonel Nick, uh, we want to thank you for coming out here today. We, uh, I know that uh, there's some things that we want to talk about today was just kind of, uh, you know, let people know what is happening not only in the uh, equipment industry, in the construction equipment industry, but some of the ag and so on and so forth. So, uh, Colonel Nick, um, you know, we're, we've been actually uh, starting an auction uh, here, doing the heavy equipment auctions, and uh, you've been out in the Dakotas doing auctions, and um, how do you see the prices in the last couple of years as far as uh, what the equipment's been bringing out in your area? You know, it's real similar to what it's been kind of nationwide. Any the used equipment is really taking a, a skyrocket. It's never, you know, it's never been hotter. Things equipment now. If you've got used equipment, if it's in good condition, if it's well taken care of, well maintained, it's at an all-time high. Your replacement cost is so so inflated nowadays uh parts are hard to get a hold of it's it, we're in a different age that you know that whole i don't even want to say the word but after 2020 it's it's a changed world especially in the auction business you know we've things have went to online only you guys adapted to it yeah you know i, I was i've been in the livestock industry for uh, quite a few years well you know as well as i do i started with you 20 years ago yeah you and did. uh and then uh Ben, we've stayed right. I've stayed working for you for all these years, but kind of went to the auction, uh, the livestock industry for a while. And uh, we're still, we're antiquated. We're still doing things the old-fashioned so you're, way. You're still riding horse and buggy? We're on still there. riding horses for darn sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, Has horses went up out there? Yeah. Have they? Everything's went up. Really? Everything's went up. Fuel, horses, flesh, everything, but, you know, maybe cattle on the hoof. Was that right? <laughs> and cattle in the, you know, your, you see your stakes go up in the in the stores, but uh, the ranchers are still still waiting for that cool deal to come back and, and help them out a little bit. But, you know, this, this Internet with the online auctions being just online only, yeah. what a change. Yeah. But, you know, um, in your area, I mean, as far as Internet and everything like that, are you guys okay with, with doing some of these auctions that you're doing out in the uh, rural areas that uh, the Internet is down and, and, uh, or maybe not a good Internet there at all? So what, do you, what are you guys doing in those situations? You know, it gets a little tricky. You know, they, we've got our Internet boosters and things like that. There are still some parts of the sticks that the Internet's not quite uh, reaching there with real strong power. But, you know, these the online bidding platforms have come now where a strong uh, cell signal just for your phone is enough to run it. If you can get a signal to your phone, you can fire up a hotspot, you can run your laptop, and you can run it. And, I mean, it's not like the Internet deal is pretty well, everybody's used to it. You know, everybody's kind of getting in the swing of it, you know, heavy. A year ago, uh, the company I was working for, that was the first time we'd ever streamed an auction online. <laughs> so there's, I mean, there's still people just kind of coming along yet. So basically you were doing auctions on site. Yep. And you weren't online at all. Not at all. 
So you were relying on just the local people. Just your local bidders. What did that do for you when you guys lit up and uh, put her online? Did it kind of help you out a little bit? It did was, you see some new buyers or what happened there? Night and day. Okay. It was a night and day difference. Uh, it was a that heavy, that equipment sale uh, had been going on for 60 years. Wow. It was the first time it was ever run line or run live online. And there was a few uh, questions about whether we needed it or not. Okay. So I was kind of a proponent of, I think we should have it. I, I think we should probably enter the 21st century and maybe get a little <laughs> internet here. Probably not a bad and, idea. And uh, help our sellers out a little bit. And we, the very, I mean, the very first item, you start getting bids. And the questions were all answered right then and there. 37,000 uh, in sales over the internet. And, you know, how many helped? How many help push and push and you know on that deal and no it's it's an absolute need i mean it, it allows people to be uh on their phones bidding on equipment you know on two or three different sales but they don't have to be at each one you mean you don't have to go to a casino and play in the game yeah right no no you can gamble you can gamble in a lot of different places than just a casino but uh no they, these it's it's convenience it's so much more convenient for these guys i mean the world moves so fast these days Guys don't have time unless they get rained out or something like that out there than to go to an auction sale, but they can swing by, take a look at it a couple days before. They know they're going to be on the road. Maybe they have another auction they want to go to, and they can sit there and watch it on their phone and, and bid on two or three different sales and get their equipment bought. So it's made a lot easier for you guys out there. Oh, it's made a lot easier for everybody, buyers, sellers alike. Is it hard for your, um, you know, the guys, that, the older generation, is it harder for them to move into that era that, uh, you know, with the equipment and 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 uh, even the cattle or whatnot, isn't it uh, just a whole new animal, isn't it, uh, the internet it's, for you guys there? It, we got some people still, you know, not wanting to change. They don't, they just kind of like, dad did it this way, grandpa did it this way, and by God, that's the way we should do it. And there's a lot of things that we can still do that way, but like Ray Henry always say, if you're not, uh, if you're not in front of it, you know, you're going to get left behind. Yeah. So the, as far as like the internet goes and the livestock sales, we have Cattle USA, we have live internet bidding on our on our livestock sales. They used to do it with a phone, didn't they, or something like that? Oh, they still do it with a phone. All them, all them cattle buyers are still sitting there on their phones, but uh, uh, they, cattle still need to be seen, you know, up front, in person. They want to know, they want an eye on every single head. And then, you know, through a, through a TV screen, it's still kind of tough. They, you know, the cameras have come along really good, but, you know, if you get one angle of those cattle coming through the door, you maybe one over the top of them or something, you still, there might be something in there that, you know, they can't see or they don't like, or, you know, maybe a bad eye or a bad, you know, lump or something like that that we miss. And, and uh, they want cattle buyers' eyes on them. Livestock industry absolutely will go to the online way. It'll just be the last to do it. We're, you know, it'll be. They're going to take the time because of the, uh, you know, just how well you have to look at that animal. Just how, yeah, they want, it's, you know, it's still a lot of money. You're, you're talking about loads of cattle that, you know, steers are bringing $1,000 and up a piece. You got 80 head, $80,000, you know, one right at, you know, one load right after another. And they want somebody there. They want eyes on them on the ground and be able to see them. I mean, they don't want some, you know, surprise coming through the door or off the truck when they get them back home. So have you noticed that um, <clears throat> that your your buyers are coming from further away once you started with the Internet? Or, oh, yeah. Or are you seeing just your locals getting on the Internet and kind of playing the game with the, the, the computer? Them too. I mean, you will see uh, 
and you guys have that here all the time too. I mean, you'll have calls from all across the country. They're trusting you of your guys' word of what the equipment looks like, of what the you know description you can give it as far as condition or anything. Yeah. Um, same thing with the cattle. I mean, we'll all have calls from Colorado, Nebraska, Wyoming, Montana, where they see a set of replacement heifers or something, they want eyes on them, and we'll uh, be able to walk through them, tell them what we know about them, and, and we'll make it as right as we can. Uh, if they, they'll call, you know, then they'll call their buyer and go, you know, watch for this set. And so, know, so what do you guys do when it hits 100 degrees out there and, and you get the summers like this, and it hard on them cattle? It is. Uh, a year ago, we had, there was a big heat advisory, and we had about 13 loads of a local guy's cattle consigned, and they're, they're all backgrounded heifers. They were weighing 900 and some odd pounds. And those backgrounded them heavy cattle in the heat don't do well. I mean, they, you, once you get up towards finish weight, 13, 14, 1500 pounds, 100 degrees will knock them dead right where they stand. If they're just, just walking around, their heart will stop and they'll flip right over if you don't have a kind of a sprinkler system set up or something on your feedlots to kind of keep them cool. We started a couple hours early, and uh, we went on with the sale. We were one of the few, but we were done by about noon, and, and we got them out of the heat and back on water. But uh, we try to take them just easy and slow. You know, the sale goes a little slower. Got to move them a little easier. We don't want no stress on them. Uh, want to take care of our consigners' cattle, and, uh, and uh, it's, it, it makes things tough. Yeah. You know, it's 103, 4 above is way worse than 30 below. I'll well, take especially, the cold especially when they got a coat on them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. They got little, yeah, they got a little, <laughs> little fur, a little bit of winter weight. Uh, it, the the heat is way harder on them than the cold. So, what are you seeing as far as uh, equipment? Is equipment still in uh, very good supply out in your area? Or are you guys getting stuff from further away for equipment uh, when you're selling equipment out there at auction and that kind of thing? Are they moving? Uh, are they pulling more people together? What's happening out there? I think you're seeing. With the agricultural side and I think the construction side alike, you're seeing a lot of these guys coming back to the more mechanical equipment. You know the the for uh, the forty you know your forty four fifty five John Deere tractors that are if you can find one that's got ten twelve thousand hours on it, it's still going to bring sixty five thousand dollars, and that's a tractor from the eighties. Wow! But they were anything pre def. Anything pre-emissions, you know, anything pre-computer. Are they having a problem with the death out there as far as, um, are, they, are they just in the shop too much or because they didn't have a good design? Is that kind of the deal that's happened with them tractors with you guys? Yeah, I've heard, uh, and I haven't had, you know, firsthand at this, but I, I hear a lot of the local guys complain about certain brands, you know, maybe the green ones that give a little trouble with the, since they went computerized. But, you know, it's, it's it, that death deal gave everybody trouble. I mean, I'm driving a Dodge pickup that, them Cummins motors run forever, never had a bit of trouble with them. They put that def system on them and, you know, put me in limp mode a, a couple, three, four hundred miles from home one day. So it's that def deal, you know, the emissions deal has been, um, everybody wants to delete them as soon as they can. As soon as warranty's up, everybody's deleting them just so they're not broke down. Broke down costs money, time's money. So um, even if like your your trucks and, and all that, um, what are you thinking about the new electric trucks and electric vehicles coming out your way because you know we we like talking about the new age and i know that south dakota you guys are still um didn't you have in your law book something about uh all the reservations and indians and and stuff out in that neck of the woods that if somebody was on a uh on a horse and you guys were in a wagon that there's still a law out there something about that you could shoot at them there there there's still some old laws on the books and we're, we're a little slow to get things changed yeah but uh we just kind of go at our own pace but i 
a lot of these young ranchers and these long these younger guys that are coming up even out in the dakotas uh younger construction guys they're taking over the family business they're taking over the family farm they know that they got a better handle on it than dad did Mm -hmm. they got a better handle on a computer or a smartphone they know how to whip that stuff up and make it work so a lot of it the younger generations have most certain especially in the farming has really taken grasp on that because they can uh, GPS every field they have. They can variable rate their fertilizer and save themselves money. They can get all that. I mean, then once they go around it once, now that's plotted, and they just take that that you uh, that SIM card or whatever and go from machine to machine. Hmm. Start with your fertilizer, then go to your planter, go to your sprayer, go to your combine, and I mean, it, it just so it, it auto steers everything so around. You're, you're, you guys are grasping technology. Oh, absolutely, yeah. They they so got. You're not all going back to the 1960 tractor. No, 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 no. <laughs> they, they they can uh, they can retrofit them GPS machines now to even you know fit the older mechanical style. But it's going back to the the electronics. Those older tractors, I mean, even, you know, with the trucks and the and the equipment, you go back to them B-model cap motors, they're all mechanical. Yeah. Anybody can work on them. You got something with a computer in it, you got to take it into a shop. You got to have a, you know, plug it into their computer. I mean, it, in that all cost and it's downtime and, and it's just one thing right after another with them. And you, you it takes being a mechanic on the farm kind of out of your hands. You got to take them to town. So what's uh, setting you guys up for, you know, let's say the now the electric now we're going to, you know, you're oh going boy. from deaf. Now we're going to go into electric once, and let's see how that, uh, how's that playing out for you guys as far as are they getting prepared out there for, like, Tesla around here, you know, they've put in a bunch of stations for the cars, and I don't know, maybe you guys do have that have happening in your area. I'm not sure. What about uh, some of these electric trucks, semis that are coming up? And, um, and then what are they talking, or what is the jargon out there as far as on the electric, uh, you know, we had some excavators and stuff like that that we are talking about a few uh, uh, podcasts ago here that you know that uh that they're developing so that you know that we can move into this new era um you know what's the grid going to look like what's are they planning for any of that stuff yet or are you guys still riding them horses i uh i tell you what i haven't heard too much uh chatter about them uh i know there's a few Priuses running around out there, or oh, something yeah, like that. Yeah, you know, that's a hybrid. A, there, well, whatever. There's, there's some. That's there, not that horse uh, I was talking about. There's <laughs> not too many Teslas that I see roaming around the cornfields, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I really haven't. I have not heard too many people talk about it. I don't know of a single uh, farmer or rancher that has taken a prototype or taken you know anything electric out and given it a, a try or a demo or anything. Oh, wow. So. So if, you guys are kind of planting them boots in well, the field and kind of holding them there, huh? These guys are just getting used to the GPS and everything. Give them a minute. <laughs> slow down before we hit the full electric on this deal. Yeah, well, we don't want you to crash and hit the pavement. We know that. But, uh, no, we're just looking at, how you know, how people are changing. And, and yeah. I mean, is it, uh, you know, the younger ranchers that are coming in and, and how are they looking at the future? Because, you know, like we talked about, if you're not moving forwards, you're That's going right. backwards, you know. And, and with moving forwards, you have to grasp a technology and you have to embrace it. Now, um, it doesn't mean that you're going to go all electric on something. It means that, you know, you're going to have to have something as a backup, right? Right. Because, you know, you, I know them winters out in South Dakota, some of them places, it can get pretty tough. Yes, it can. And, Wind and, blows anyways. Oh, yeah. 30 <laughs> below and 50 mile an hour winds and, and snowballs hitting you in the head. And um, it, it, it it's going to come. And, I mean, they'll... It'll they'll adapt to it as it shows up. You know, like I say, I haven't really heard of anybody even trying one yet. I'll be anxious to hear when they do. Um, on the rancher side of things, you know, 
heck, them guys, you know, a lot of the ranchers, they don't even go do GPS much. Uh, there might be a few out there that'll knock some hay down with it, but uh, the technology side of things, you know, is, is the real up-to-date stuff is kind of in the equipment. You know, with the ranchers, they, not only do they like to stay kind of old style, but there's not just a whole lot that they can, other than like scales, you know, the, the new scales that we can, you know, that ranchers can buy so they know what their cattle weigh if they're in the background and deal. Um, there's not a whole heck of a lot of technology there, you know, for the cattle industry. I mean, vaccinations get given the same way. Cows still have calves the same old way. But you uh, say that, you know, you can actually um, look at some of the AI and some of the... Yeah, yeah, so the AI and deal, you know, and then AI has been around for an awful long time, and it's a, it's a, uh, it's a good way to improve your herd with new genetics. Um, but there's something to conception rates as well. You know, that's we, why a lot of people will... A lot of con just uh, commercial... Ranchers will stay bull bred, and they always will because the conception rates. Uh, I have a friend of mine up in North Dakota. He's got 750 head of cows, and he does all bull breeding, and he can run 98% conception. Hmm. With AI in, 60% is excellent. For so, you, for you people that you know that aren't out ranching and stuff, AI is is not the same as the AI with computers and stuff with artificial intelligence. So right, right, right. <laughs> it's two different things. They're talking about genetics for an animal that um, would definitely give it uh, more strength and yeah, um, gainability. There's there's gain, they've weight anything that you you can do like in humans and uh, uh, you can pull out different. Genetics. genetics of, of, of uh, strong points that you want, you know, in your herd, if you want to breed for milk, if you want to breed for gainability and carcass and, and uh, all those things you can, you can pull from different uh, breeders across the country, across the world for that matter, and bring in those genetics into your herd just to improve it in whatever area you want to. So wasn't that happening back in the, I mean, I, I know that, you know, you'd probably know more history about this and everything else, but, you know, uh, back years ago in the in the 1800s, let's say, or the early 1900s, they were pulling, like, uh, bigger cattle from Texas and stuff that would last longer and would winter better some because they mixed them with the uh, herds that were up in the northern region, right? If anybody's ever seen the movie The Rare Breed, that was Old Vindicator, the Hereford Bull, the Hereford, the come over from England uh, and they were bounded and it's it's for the most part it is a true story I mean it was the first uh, Hereford Longhorn crossbred in Texas and they thought you know in the northern parts of Texas with that Hereford breeding that English breeding they could bring that in and those Longhorns are a little thinner hided little they don't grow the hair as they you know, like the English do that they could weather the, the winters better so yeah I mean clear back then I mean same thing it's just bringing in something that will improve to you know your region to where you're at uh, and and for your herd I mean what it takes to to help them survive now, do you see that uh, out in your area, too, that you have to have bigger herds and they have to have more land and, and just to kind of survive this whole economics that's going on? Is that kind of what's happening? You're there? seeing the same thing in the farming and agriculture. I'll just broaden it to the agriculture industry that you're seeing in, I, I'm sure, construction and anywhere else. The big companies are getting bigger hmm. and the smaller companies are going away. Yeah. You know, and it's... It's it's hard to see. It's it's hard to watch. But um, not a lot of people, you know, the, agricultural, construction, excavation. It's hard work. 
I mean, yeah, you got all this big equipment, but you still need to run a shovel too. And not a lot of people, you know, the kids go to college and they get an education and they don't want to so, sweat out there so with that. So you're saying that they're having a little bit tougher, tougher time finding people to do the work and stuff as well? I don't know where everybody went. Oh, is that right? I, I could have a big they, families they, or what? No, whatever. I don't, everybody quit coming to work. <laughs> I don't, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know what the heck happened after 2020. It, it uh, all of a sudden we had, you know, 330 million people, 300 million people in this country and we had uh, unemployment rate and now about, of what, four, four and a half percent. Now we got uh, hell, uh, <laughs> help wanted on every single uh, business on every single town, and we still have three and a half percent unemployment. I don't, I don't know where <laughs> where they all went. Well, I think that uh, you know, again, technology. And when yeah. you get people to embrace technology, they do things like we're doing right here. I mean, would you see a podcast 10 years ago with us sitting down here? No, no, not I mean, a years. not on our level. I mean, right. you know, it, and I think it comes down to that uh, if you don't embrace that technology and, and want to move forward with it, I think you're going to be left behind. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. And when people get educated, they don't want to sweat as much, and they shouldn't want to sweat as much. Well, the world, the world they, still they needs dick, put, ditch diggers too. But they put air conditioners in the window. You're right, right, right. <laughs> uh, and that's you know another thing with the you know age of equipment. You know some of this older equipment that people are bringing back. Not just everybody wants to come back and run it. You know just because you can work on it doesn't mean they want to, you know, that old piece might not have an AC in it or something like that in the old resonator box and sit there and listen to it scream all day. But, you know, the owners know they can run it more affordably and, and economically. And then, and, but maybe, you know, employees one through five just don't want to run that piece of equipment so bad. Well, I, I kind of seen that in our world as far as when you get into scrapers uh, and stuff like that. I mean, you get uh, some of them old, well, we call them screaming Jesus because they were right. Detroit's in them and you had to have earplugs in, otherwise they'd blow your drums out, you know, they're right. worse than a rock and roll band, you know. Run one of them all day and then bounce around in it and sweat. Besides, some of these old timers, they went through some hard labor there, I'm telling you. And they had guys that were on that they needed to work. I mean, they brought them in here, they needed a job, they needed to feed their families and, you know, and they they had big families. I mean, there wasn't families of one or two. There was families of, heck, my grandfather, they had 13 in the family. My great uncle, 16 in the family. And uh, I think it comes down to that, you know, that you really have to have a love for your passion for what you do. Uh, the farm hands, I think that a lot of them felt, hey, they're going to need the hands too besides. And, Absolutely. And, and, you know, and you get you get a little more relatives that way too, you know. And, Absolutely. And now there's less relatives. you got to find more friends further away so maybe <laughs> right. you don't want to go to work. <laughs> right. No, the family size of definitely smalled up i was i was just before you went there i was going to say your family knows the you know the big litters yeah and uh (laughs) and that was the deal you know i mean that was your workforce you were you were making your own workforce and now the you know the families are two and three and you know the kids go off to school and you know maybe little johnny didn't want to raise cows the rest of his life and then you know what do you do that might be a fourth or fifth generation farm or a fourth or fifth generation construction company yeah. that all of a sudden there's nobody there to run it or you know sell it out or well, we see that all the time and, and just yeah. like i was talking to a gentleman today he was 74 years old and he said ray i'm going to sell a couple pieces of equipment and he says i'd like you guys to sell them for us and here's what i have uh can you tell me what they've been bringing in the market kind of a thing and talk to him about that that. Um, but also, you know, the guy's 74. I said, well, how many more years are you going to put into this? He said, probably another five. Still said, working. How many people mm-hmm. do you got working for you? And he says, just me and another guy. Well, 
I mean, you know, he said, you can't find workers, you know, not to run the older equipment and, and that. And the problem with that is, is that, you know, we all see that and we see it coming. So that's why we have to look at new technology and we have to look at what is being offered so that we can actually maybe tell you people through the podcast of what is going on, what has happened, what is happening, and maybe, you know, that grasp on understanding will help you or all of us move forward right. because you know we don't want to make the mistakes that i guess everybody looks at the guy that's 75 that's still out there turning wrenches and he's running an old grader and he's sweat and dirt and everything else he comes in and he says hey would you like to take this business over what are you going to say to him most people are going to say no, and they're going to run the other way. Yeah. The kids are. work till they're, they're 75. Saying, he said, I don't want to look like that and work that oh, hard. And, no, these kids nowadays, they go, well, I'm going to retire by the time I'm 50 or maybe even earlier. Well, you know, you got to look at technology again. And, yeah, and, yeah, if, and if they're embracing right. technology, you know, they feel that they're on the leading edge, right? And um, and they're worthwhile then. And they're not going to work for $20 an hour or 15 or whatever. And some of these guys, you know... If your union, you know, the union's pushing out the little guys, right, yep. because they need to get $35, $40 an hour, where these guys are getting these jobs, these union jobs that are paying up to 50 bucks an hour to yep. a guy that's working on a job. Now, is he sweating? Yeah, he's going to sweat if he's out there and he's a laborer. If he's an operator, yeah, he's going to have an air-conditioned cab and he's going to be able to call his own right. deal. So, you know, so your education there is going to definitely help you out in that uh, era, but we're also seeing that you know that uh, autonomous, right? Yeah. So when we get into autonomous vehicles or units, they're actually looking at them and they roadmap them just like a GPS to a job site. They know, and guess what? That vehicle or unit will do the job one time instead of doing it three times going back over it oh i need more fill i took too much out oh you took too much out bring some back that ain't happening so they're actually cutting hours that way as well um you know i, I think the prices are going to come up i you know because our wages are coming up right and yep. the jobs i mean i don't know our economy right now it seems like it's it's hot i mean equipment's hot right yep. because they're not building new stuff fast enough or getting the parts so with that being said you know we are basically going into an era that um that we're all going to have to really take and keep a close eyeball on it yeah we are i mean like you say we'll touch on it for just a second and then we'll we'll wrap this deal up i think but uh with the slowdown of when COVID hit and it kind of forced people not to come to work, slowed. They told me that. Yeah, yeah, right. So slowed production down. So we just kept, you know, kept getting further behind, behind, behind. Then we just slowly trickle everybody back to work. Some people said, maybe I'll just stay home. <laughs> and uh, yeah, maybe I don't want to go to work anymore. Um, now we're so far behind. I mean, you guys see it. I, I hear about it. You know, uh, newer trucks, what, two years out, 18 months out. Trailers, two years, 18 months out. These guys aren't getting, and there's going to be a big flood of used equipment again here in about a year or two. When all them their orders start coming in and they start rolling equipment out, there's going to be, you know, another big slew of, of uh, used equipment out on the marketplace. And, and what's that going to do to the market? You know, right now we're hot, hot, hot. But we're starting to see a little taper already in some trucks and things like that. I think it comes down to what type of equipment you're going to be selling at that time because um, it's going to change uh, the whole deal as far as, um, you know, right now. So if you're looking at scrapers or something like that and it's an old scraper, you know, they're going to be worth a parts price or, or right. maybe even a, uh, a price that's going to be lesser. And it's going to go to a foreign market that they can take 
you're not the tier threes and tier fours are going to be able to take that kind of equipment. Sure. But again, you know, they're willing to move up that way. But with that being said, you know, we're going to be getting ready here for the next auction, and that's coming up, and that's going to be actually uh, Wednesday, and that's June 22nd. Yes, sir. And it's going to start live 8 a.m. Right now, the pre-bidding's on on it and everything else, too. So get online you, and bid. So get if you there. want to get online, you can get online and bid with IRA uh, auctions and IRA companies, www.iraymn.com, and, uh, you know, we'd like to see you there. But if we're not seeing you there, we'd like to thank you for watching the podcast and enjoying it. We'll have a next episode coming up shortly. But, again, I'm Colonel Ray Henry. I'm signing out. Thank you, Ray. Colonel Nick, see you all down the line. Thank you.